Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're a female professional or entrepreneur who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, Certified Life and Weight Coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hello, everyone, and a very warm welcome to episode number seven. How are you doing? Are you enjoying autumn? I love autumn. The freshness in the air, the changing colour of the leaves, open fires and snuggly jumpers. The weather this week has been lovely. We're seeing what I'm guessing will be the last of the summer sun and the first frost. The sky that I'm looking at right now as I record this, it's very early in the morning here, is gorgeous. In fact, I just took a photo, so I'll post it in the show notes. I also love the September hustle and bustle of back to school. It's like the excitement of the new year, without the harshness of January and February. This time two years ago, I was in Texas going through coach certification training with the Life Coach School. It's been an amazing two years. I've learned so much and would never have imagined that I would have my own podcast, be comfortable going live on Facebook and coaching on Zoom in front of loads of people, because I was so used to hiding and wanting to be invisible. The lessons that I've learned on my weight loss journey, about my relationship with myself and how to create the life that I wanted for myself, have been transforming, and I want that for you too. I smiled yesterday when I sent out my weekly email to my members inside my One Life Academy telling them what we would be working on during September. And one of my new members wrote back to say, how truly amazing. This is what I've been looking for my whole life. Thank you. And that really made my heart sing. So let's talk about eating your feelings. First, I want you to know that I use the words feelings and emotions interchangeably, and I don't differentiate between them. So I could have called this episode eating your emotions. Secondly, I just Googled the definitions of feelings and emotions and there's little consensus on the correct definition. The one that made most sense to me was this. Emotions are biological states associated with the nervous system, brought on by neurophysiological changes associated with thoughts, feelings, behavioural responses, and a degree of pleasure or displeasure. But that's quite a mouthful, so I will also give you my definition, which is that a feeling or an emotion is a one-word description of a vibration in your body that is generated by a thought that you think, whether that is subconscious or conscious thinking. For example, these could be anything from happy, mad, sad, love, confusion, boredom, overwhelm, guilt, shame, joy, excitement, or anticipation. Interestingly, I also Googled how many human emotions there are, and Google gave me answers for 7 and 8 and 27, Whereas in actual fact, I think there are hundreds of them. So I'll pop a list in the show notes for you. You can go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash podcast and you can click the link for this episode. That's episode number seven. And you can download a PDF of all of the emotions that I use. So just to recap, a feeling is a one word description of a vibration in your body that's generated by your conscious and subconscious thoughts. Now that you know what a feeling or emotion is, I want you to consider how important they are to your life. Now, if you're anything like me, I'd given very little thought 
to these things called feelings and emotions before I learned what I'm about to share with you here. And that is that everything we do and everything that we don't do in life is because of how we want to feel. And everything that we want or don't want is because of how we want to feel. You want to go on holiday because of how you think you will feel planning, preparing, looking forward to and experiencing that holiday. For example, you don't want to get a parking ticket because of how you think you will feel having to pay a fine unnecessarily. You want to have your kitchen redone because of how you think it will feel to have a new kitchen. Really think about this for a moment. Everything that you do or don't do, everything that you want or don't want, is because of how you think the having of or not having of, the doing or not doing of whatever it is, will feel. So emotions or feelings impact everything that we do in life, every decision that we make. This is why it's hugely beneficial to pay attention to and understand your feelings and emotions. Now, the next thing I want you to consider about feelings and emotions is that we tend to think of them as either positive or negative. And most of us, and I'm making an assumption here because it's what I thought, most of us think that one of the things to aspire to in life is to feel happy most of or all of the time. And I've got a different perspective now, which is that we actually want to experience a wide range of positive and negative emotions and that it is better or preferable to do that than to feel happy all of the time. Now, this might be a strange one for you, but I now think that we want to feel sadness, disappointment, loneliness, disgust or grief. And we want to feel joy, excitement, love and happiness. And there are a couple of reasons for this. The first one is that we wouldn't be able to experience what it is to feel the positive emotion without knowing what it is to experience negative emotion. And what I mean by that is we wouldn't be able to appreciate feeling happiness if we didn't know what it was to feel sadness. We appreciate feeling peace because we know what it is to feel discontent. And we like to feel accepted because we know what it is to feel rejected. Without the contrast of these emotions, we wouldn't appreciate what it is to feel happy, joy, love and excitement. All of the positive emotions that we think we want to feel. And the second reason I believe that we humans want to experience negative emotion is because we wouldn't want to not feel, for example, grief or sadness when a loved one dies. We wouldn't want to not feel disgust when we hear stories of child abuse. And we wouldn't not want to feel outrage when we hear of terrorist attacks. We feel this way about these events because we care, because we love. And I would choose to feel these negative emotions about certain events in life circumstances and situations over being happy all of the time. I'm going to get to the relationship between our feelings and eatings in just a moment. But one more thing before I do. Your feelings are created by your thoughts and not the circumstances in your life. And I want to reiterate and clarify this because it goes against some of those definitions that I found in Google, and I promise you they're wrong. So take, for example, three women. This is a hypothetical made-up example. Three women being made redundant from the same job. I'm going to call them ABC, Andrea, Barbara, and Carrie. And we know that they have the financial situations, the same home life. So we're going to assume very similar backstories. Andrea feels angry. Barbara feels self-pity. And Carrie feels joyful when they discover they're going to be made redundant. Now, the reason these three ladies feel so differently about the same circumstance is because they are, whether intentionally or unintentionally, thinking differently in response to being told that they've been made redundant. So, for example, Andrea feels angry because she believes the company should have done more to protect her job. Barbara feels self-pity 
because she thinks she experiences more than her fair share of bad things in life. Carrie feels joy because she thinks being made redundant is the perfect opportunity to set up her own business. So how you feel in response to a specific circumstance or life event is dependent on how you consciously or subconsciously think about it, not on the facts of that event themselves. Now let's explore the relationship between food, eating and your feelings. I want you to know a few things. But firstly, number one, I want you to know that you make your food and eating decisions based on how you think you will feel if you eat or don't eat, whatever it is. Number two, When you make a decision in the moment, your primal brain is in charge and that part of your brain is only able to consider how you will feel in that moment and not able to weigh up the consequences of how you will feel later, the next day, next week, or even in a few years' time. Number three, eating numbs or dulls your ability to feel your feelings and emotions that you're experiencing immediately before you eat. So let's dig into these a little bit more. Remember that I said, everything that you do or don't do in life is because of how you think you will feel doing or not doing whatever it is that's true for every single food and eating decision that you make let's think about chocolate cake for example you eat the chocolate cake because of the pleasure you think you will feel from eating it if you take salad you may eat salad for lunch because of the joy you think you will feel when you lose weight maybe you avoid changing your diet to a healthier one because you think you will feel deprived when you tell yourself you can't have that Friday night takeaway. And the point to note here is that you eat the chocolate cake, not because it is chocolate cake, but because of what you think, because of your thoughts about eating chocolate cake. So let's imagine you see a chocolate cake when you're queuing to buy your coffee in a cafe. There are probably hundreds of things you could think when you see chocolate cake, but I'm going to give you a few examples so that we can see how they create different feelings. So you could think that looks delicious. Or you could think that looks sickly. Or you could think, I'm so glad I don't feel compelled to eat chocolate cake anymore. You could think, it's not fair, I can't have chocolate cake because I'm on a diet. Or you could think, I'll plan to put chocolate cake on my food plan for next week. Now, each of these thoughts will generate a different feeling. Thinking that looks delicious could generate the feeling of desire. Thinking that looks sickly could generate the feeling of repulsion. Thinking, I'm so glad I don't feel compelled to eat chocolate cake anymore, could generate a feeling of contentment. And thinking it's not fair I can't have chocolate cake could generate a feeling of deprived. And finally, thinking I'll plan to put chocolate cake on my food plan for next week could generate a feeling of freedom. And of course, if we feel desire for the cake, or deprived at the idea of not having the cake, we're far more likely to buy and eat it than if we are feeling repulsed by the cake or content and free at the thought of not having it. Do you see how what you think about the cake will determine how you feel, which will determine whether you likely take the action of buying it and eating it or not? And the amazing news that I have for you is that you can learn to first of all see your thoughts, then seek to understand them, and then you can start to shift them, to change them a little. And by shifting them, I mean that you can learn to think differently And when you think differently, you feel differently, and then you won't buy and eat the chocolate cake because you won't want it. And that's just the best news because it's so much easier than battling with yourself to not eat it when you're feeling the desire and craving it or feeling the deprivation of not having it. And the more good news is that you are always in control. You always get to decide what to think. It's a skill you can learn. 
At the same time, I know that sometimes the feelings of desire, which we can also call urges or cravings for certain foods, are very intense and don't seem to be related to underlying thinking. Sometimes we think that those intense feelings are like compulsions. It's as if they're just there. We can't find the underlying thoughts and it can feel very much as though you really are out of control. So let's stick with chocolate cake as our example for the moment. When the pattern of desiring the chocolate cake that results in the chocolate cake being eaten is repeated, when that cycle of desire and dopamine reward is repeated over and over, it gets programmed deeply within your brain so that you find yourself eating the chocolate cake without being able to detect a conscious thought or even being aware of thinking that you want it. And this goes back to the fact that our primal brain is programmed, that it motivates us to do life-preserving activities that feel good. And so it literally thinks that chocolate cake is hugely important and must be eaten right away. This is just like what happens once you've learned to drive a car. Once you've learned, you drive the car without thinking about it. In fact, if you try to think about how you actually do it, as I discovered when I was teaching my son to drive earlier this year, it's really difficult. It felt impossible to try and work out what the thought process was, what the instructions were, so that I could tell him what to do in order to be able to drive. Anyhow, just like that, your brain has learned to desire, crave, and have urges for food without you really knowing why. And in this case, rather than looking at changing our underlying thinking, it can be more effective to change our response to the desire, urge, or craving, and break that cycle, that pathway in your brain, and teach yourself how to undesire and stop craving the chocolate cake or whatever it is. So sometimes we eat because of how we think eating whatever it is will feel. Sometimes we eat because we want to numb or avoid a feeling. And sometimes we eat because we feel compelled or we're responding to an urge or a craving and we don't know why. So next, let's explore how eating numbs or dulls your emotions. If anyone had asked me five years ago if I were an emotional eater, I would have told them I wasn't because I wasn't an emotional person. I was very unaware of my emotions. I never got overly mad or angry or upset. I thought of myself as being somebody who was undramatic, on an even keel, essentially just getting on with everything. And I know now that the reason was because I used food to pacify myself whenever I felt bored, hurt, angry, or unsettled and discontented. Although I didn't see that at the time, it wasn't something that I did consciously. It was a pattern of behavior that I wasn't even aware of. I hadn't connected the dots. Again, and because I'd repeated this cycle of negative emotion, eating food so many times, I wasn't aware of feeling the negative emotion before I numbed it or pacified it by eating. So let me give you an example. My coping strategy for the stress of Christmas was to have a box of chocolates hidden away in my utility room and to take a moment to pop one into my mouth whenever I felt slightly frazzled. But I did this so quickly I didn't even allow myself to feel the stress before I had the chocolate. It was just something that I noticed I was doing. My coping strategy to get me through an afternoon of tedious work used to be to munch through a packet of biscuits. It was normally what I'd grabbed from the children's snack drawer whilst I was working. It dulled the feeling of boredom and enabled me to get the work done. And if I should have received a phone call or an email where someone upset me, I would go straight to the fridge to find something to eat. Even though I wouldn't have registered, firstly, that email had upset me or the reason why. It all took place without me being conscious or aware of it. It was only when I started doing this work that I do with my coaching programs when I learned how to spot when I was responding to something with food 
And then I learned to find the thoughts and feelings that led me to wanting to eat something. That I learned the process of checking in with myself to see how I was feeling and then asking myself why and figuring it out. The pleasure that we get from eating, remember that the neurotransmitter dopamine is released in our brain as we anticipate eating and then when we eat something, overrides our negative emotions. Eating can be like a little escape hatch from our life can feel like allowing ourselves to momentarily step off that carousel of life that just goes round and round. And it would be an effective strategy if it didn't result in us overeating and gaining weight and all the emotional and physical challenges that come along with that. So what's the solution? The solution is to learn the skills of feeling our feelings and being aware of our thoughts, followed by learning the skills of reframing our thinking, if we choose to, and allowing our feelings instead of pacifying them or dulling them with food. And that's exactly what we're going to cover on next week's episode. Next week, I'm going to take you step by step through the process of allowing an emotion. To allow an emotion is to feel it instead of resisting it or reacting it. And I'm going to explain the differences between all of those next week. Now, before I go, I want you to know that you still have time to enter the podcast launch competition. I'm giving away three coaching gift certificates worth a total of £500. Go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash podcast launch for all the details of how to leave a review and enter the competition. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honoured to be your coach. There are two ways that you can work with me. You can join my monthly membership program, My One Life Academy, that gives you self-paced learning, supported by twice-weekly live calls and a whole lot more. Or you can join the waiting list for my next six-month Lose Weight, Live Life group coaching mastermind intensive. Go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching to find out all the details.